Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We bless your holy name because you preserve us to see this day. Father, we come to you, O Lord, in search of of that mystery that is in your word. Father, Lord, may you illuminate our heart this morning, even as we search your word, your heart this morning, to heed to your warning that you gave in time past, and the warning is still true even till today. That even as we are living here, we are living here well educated, with, with more wisdom, to follow you and hold fast unto you till you come. For we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, we are still continuing in the theme of the church this year, Prepare to Meet Your God. As a team, when you look at it, it's a bit frightening. But then, sometimes we need to be jolted out of our reverie to face reality. Sometimes we are so balanced here that we forget that this is not our home, that we we'll still go back to meet our God. The topic today is hold fast till I come. This, as the person that read the um, Bible this morning, the Bible reading, she has gone through it, is the word of God to the church in Thyatira. That was vision of St. John when he was abandoning the island of Patmos to die. And he have revelation about the seven churches in Asia Minor. And most of those churches, as all of us know, we are directly and indirectly established by St. Paul. And the church grew, but over time, they started to lose focus one way or the other. That was why there was need to tell them to hold fast till he comes, that they should not forget that he will still come. But about the time Christ is going to come, because the Bible tells us that nobody knows the time, but there were signs that we are given, that when you start seeing these things, that we should know that the end is near. I don't know whether I'm right or wrong if I say that we are seeing most of those signs now. As the word is in the that um, Revelation chapter two, verse twenty-five, there is always a word starting that whole till I come. There is either but, nevertheless, it depends on the translation that you are reading, which means it's not a sentence in isolation, but it's a sentence brought out from a sequence of a storyline. And if you go there, the angel of God told St. John that he knows their work. He encouraged them. He praised them about their works, their love, their faith, their patience. And when you hear all these things, you think that everything is continued, as, as it's complete. But then, one word that always negates the whole sentence came up, but. 
That boat supersedes everything that was said. The church has allowed Jezebel, that's the church in Tyatra, has allowed Jezebel to come with foreign doctrines. Doctrines that seem to be true. Doctrines that people want to hear. And has made them to sin, going into idolatry, going into sexual immorality. And the Lord wasn't happy with them. But even within those people, even if we look, you say that even your last work is greater than your former work. Meaning there was even growth in the church. Just as in our churches today, more people are coming, congregation is getting bigger. But that boat is always there. But there are some selected few that the scriptures say, okay, you people that are not taken into this teaching, doctrine of the Jezebel, that I will not put more burden on you. But heed just one warning, that you should hold fast what you have till I come. And after that, there are promises. I will be a, I will be a, this in over nations. There are some promises because God does not tell you something without giving you promise. It's not possible. And these promises, if you deviate, they are punishments. So, in as much as we have promises, so the option is for us either to take the promises by heeding to the word of God. Or the punishment we get to us. So what are we talking here? The church in Tyatra is not a church in isolation or something of a fictional work. But it is a church that is almost the same church with what we have today. It is an analogy of a contemporary church in our time. But I may say that the the, the, the challenges of our church at this time is kind of more. Difficulties of the church now seem to be more than what it was before. Because we know that John, the Bible historian, told us that he died about 100 years. He was 100 years when he died. So that means it wasn't really a very long time when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified and resurrected. So the Bible... or Church historians call the church of that time, the early church. They were in contact with the disciples that saw Jesus Christ when he was alive. So we cannot compare them with us. There is already two centuries ago. But then we have an advantage too. That the scripture has been made available to us. That any time you are confused about anything. Any time you want to grow. You have to marry your scripture, reading it and digesting it on daily basis. And you will have answer to whatever challenge you have, whatever question that it is. And this church in Tyatra is a Christian church. I'm making emphasis on the Christian church because of what? I read an article last week about a judgment in Florida. When they say Church of Satan. So my concern was like, why must they use the word church? They may say congregation of Satan or anything. There is a law that passed of freedom of religious practice and rights in Florida. What does that mean? 
they were arguing that if Christians can share Bible, share pamphlets, that they should not have that monopoly, that they too have the right to share their own materials. And right now they are doing it and they are doing it very effectively. So please, don't be deceived. Anytime you hear church, there are different churches now. There is the church of God, there is the church of Satan. Holding fast, I ask myself, because I have this personal thing that I normally do. Anytime I have any topic to talk about, I talk to myself first, so that I will get the full benefit of it, before even sharing it with anybody. Some people may call it selfishness, but I don't owe anybody apology about that. So I sat down. I learned from a woman, she said that, not for long, we are meeting. So, when meeting, say, how does this apply to me? Holding fast till he comes. That that you have. So, one of the most important words there is fast. When you hear fast, you, and it's, you can be speed, it can be fasting. But the fast we are talking here is holding firmly, gripping, grasping very tightly, very securely. And that means that you may hold, but along the line, you may lose your grip. You may hold, but along the line, you may not be holding very firmly. Just as the church that we read about in the second chapter of Revelation. Many of them, they were showing charity, patience, love, doing greater work, even greater, but many of them we are not holding. Because they've allowed some doctrines. Some things have really started adulterating. Yes, they go to church physically to everybody. They are very okay. They don't have, even people will testify to their faithfulness. People will testify about their belief in God. But within them, there is something that was already going wrong. But we know that the Lord has seen the heart, such as the mind, he knows everything. And he is the one that is going to repay everybody according to his work. Praise the Lord. We just ask ourselves, what are the challenges, difficulties in really holding very firmly to that that we've learned? All of us can testify that there is subversion of the purity of the gospel. The gospel, when it is pure, when it goes, it hits. And it may tell you things that you don't really like. Now, the gospel is being adulterated, being tilted to the parts that many of us will like. Even when you have false teachers, like the Jezebel of, this, uh, of the text that we read, I'll ask, ask myself, why was this woman allowed? And then I noticed that the same thing that was happening then is still happening now. Some of us, we are so complacent about things about God. Some of us, we want to show that we are civil. Civility. You are not rugged. It's not the old church. So, yes. Some of us want to broaden our scope. Let's see this gospel in a wider and a broader scope. And we know, in a line, 
each time a line meets and enters a tangent, the farther it goes, the farther apart it is from the original straight line. Some of us say, yes, we tolerate tolerance. And we'll be doing tolerance, if I name maybe. I went for a wedding. And when I was in the wedding, the minister said, for better, for better. I repeated it the second time. I just have to leave. Because of what? It is not scriptural. Not that God is wishing us something bad. But if we are Christians, we are guided by the scripture. Nobody forces you to be a Christian. Some people become Christian. are even trying to change what is written in the Bible. Believing that the Bible was a, it's a book that was written about 2,000 years. That it has to be modified to conform with the current trend of events. I was having an argument with somebody about gay. I told him plainly, I don't have a problem with gay. He was like, what? I say, yes. If you decide to give your life to Satan or whatever you want to do, God gives you the option. But my concern about it is that it doesn't have a place in the church. It does not have a place in the church. Just recently, I think last week, a country called Malta, the biggest denomination there that makes up our 60 to 70% have now accepted gay marriage. And people were like, what does it mean? What does it And that is in the church. And when the church have lost a lustre, then which hope do we have? We as Christians should be lights of the world. We should teach the world those standards of Jesus Christ. But when we start being complacent, we are doing more damage than even when you we are not a Christian. When you are on the other side, you are the other side. But if you call yourself a Christian and things are happening, you cannot just speak out. Then there is a big problem. And in this generation, there is increase in knowledge. People are getting more knowledgeable. People are questioning certain things. And they question and still remain Christians. Somebody was saying in the TV the other day that it's only a stupid man that will believe that God just said, let there be man or let there be animal. That it was from somebody, that is from something that is started from a small cell that's trying to prove the evolution theory right. That yes, it generated and then at time it keep on modifying. I was like, what have you? And this man is a Christian. And a pastor to, to, to make it very worse. We've read so much. We've read to the extent we are rationalizing the Bible. We are thinking in the sense of what is in the Bible. We are using human sense to judge spiritual things. Whether it makes sense or it does not make sense. Although the Bible tells us that in the last days that knowledge will abound. People of our generation that will be very knowledgeable. And you can see that. You talk to somebody, next thing he's browsing and telling you. You have a patient, you are telling him something. 
I have a patient that had God, um, gunshot injury. He browsed and told me that the, the drain should be there for five days. <laughs> I asked him, which kind of drain? Which condition will the drain be there for five days? I think I can remove drain in three days. Well, my friend, you have a gunshot that burn all the tissues on your face and then there will be exudate and tissue trying to repair. It's not like a clean incision wound. So, go and search for that one. Maybe when you finish searching, let's talk. And the drain is draining up to 50 mils of fluid every day. And you are telling me, they say it's for five days, I should remove it. I say, okay, sign for me. If you say I should remove, sign that you told me to remove. Whatever that comes, it's your fault. But if you allow me to do my work, then we'll go. And he considered that maybe the mother told him, my friend, just keep quiet. Then this time we have apostasy people and heresy, wrong teaching people trying to like, not having full answer to questions. There are some religions that tend to give you answer to questions. Even if it is not real or whatever, they propose a theory. The theory that will suit us. You know, a theory that makes sense. I'm not surprised because in the Bible, in 2 Timothy 4, 3 to 4, the Bible made it clear that we will be people of itching ears and we will be, we will be, we will like, as in there are certain things we will want to hear. And when we hear that, we are good with ourselves. So sound doctrines now are like, not it. But I always tell people that sound doctrine brings about faith, charity, patience, all those Fruit of the Spirit. It can only come from sound doctrine. Hearing the right thing and putting it into practice. Christianity is getting old-fashioned. Christianity is restricting you from doing a lot of things that God said that they are bad. Christianity does not allow you to dress and leave your breast bare. Christianity does not allow you to drink yourself to stupor. Christianity is a way of life. Christianity doesn't mind. Even everybody is doing another thing. And you are your own. And you know you are doing the thing that pleases God. Christianity does not conform to the standard of this generation. Some of us are afraid. One of the challenges we have these days is that people are afraid of being in the minority. If you are afraid of being in the minority, it is basically impossible to hold fast. You can, but you see yourself compromising one time or the other. We move with the general opinion. You cannot raise your hand and say no. That this does not conform with my belief. Or this does not conform with the standard that I know. So automatically you allow other people to ride, um, to control your life and decide where you will stand. People are very cautious of not being among the crowd as in the major population. But we know even during the time of Christ, the Christians then 
were a minority before the church and the and the government joined together. And then it was made a state law that you must be a Christian. I'm talking about the early church. They were 100% in the minority. And that marriage had brought a lot of, I don't know, a lot of adulterations. Because now we cannot separate the church. And the government now is an everyday thing. Everybody is a Christian. You ask somebody, are you born again? And if the person said, I'm not, I, the other person will say, I mean, you are not born again. As in, as if it is something that is um, the reigning thing. Not knowing whether actually what the person means. Whether the person knows what born again means. Some believe that as you go to church, go for midweek service, that you are a born again Christian. Brethren, that is not true. Born again is taking it to another level. Taking it to another step of personalizing your relationship. There is the group corporate one, but this is you and your God. You and Christ. Having him as your Lord and personal Savior. You can come on with him anytime. And in whatever situation you are in, and you speak to him, whether things are going on right or they are going wrong, you know that he is in your affair. And you have peace. That's why when things happen to Christians, the way they respond is always very different from the way others respond. Some people, when things are going wrong, they pray about it. You see them have peace. The solution is not solved. But they know they've handed it over. And they just be doing what they should do as people. I've said something about complacency, agreeing with every other person. And sometimes you look at things and you say, it doesn't matter. After all, I'm not the one directly involved. But you have a knowledge of it. And you see it being done. You are in an office. Things are going on wrong. Some things are going. You just say, since I'm not part of this. There is no need. I shouldn't bother myself. Honestly, as a Christian, that is wrong. Even if you don't report, you have a duty to those souls that you talk to them. You talk to them. They don't agree. You leave them. You've done your bit. In our generation, as Christians, there is this level of lawlessness. Lawlessness. And what does lawlessness do? It makes the love of so many Christians to go wrong. That's Matthew 24, 12. In the end time, there will be lawlessness. Lawlessness even in the church. Because this holding fast is not to non-Christians. We are talking about Christians here. People that have known Christ. Some people will come and complain to you. What is happening in the choir? The priests. The whoever that he seems to be. What he is doing. And when they look at it. They will say no way. That if this is what Christianity is all about, let me go back to where I was. 
standard are being subverted and being changed. I tell people, if your life does not minister to a non-believer, then there is a problem. You are not a Christian only when you talk about Christ. No. Because sometimes you don't even have the opportunity to talk. But there are some people that will be around you, looking at you, observing you. And if you've not given out that thing that will make them to ask, what is it that this person have? You know, Dilipota or Toronia. This one happens, he's not part of it. And he's always at peace. Then they will ask questions. And that provides opportunity for you to minister to them. Or they will be looking at you from afar. If your life is not different from the life of others, if your life is not a light in darkness, then you are just holding, but you are not holding fast. Your Christianity is in doubt. In short, if you are not a Jew man, let me use that word. After all, Jesus is a Jew. And we believe in him. So I'm a Jew man. So if you are not really a Jew man, if I'm right, there are Jew men, there is guy men. So you have to basically belong to one. If you are not a Jew man, then check yourself. If some things are going on, and they did not say leave this person, he will not conform. Or if he hears it, there is a problem. Then check yourself very well. But one of the greatest challenges of this time about our Christian faith are old habits. Some of us who convert, we become Christian. But those old habits, like the people say, you know, and these things happen when you have challenge. That old nature will come up again. And when you come up, it manifests in a very ridiculous way because sometimes it did not die because Christ has not increased in the lives of so many of us. So it's like a bottled up thing. It happens a lot in marriage. The marriages. When the man was eight to go in JD, eight to go in Jabagin Kate, but today, no man mezuka had you go me. You see that the women, especially women, you know, there are things, or in marriage, let me not just say women, there are things we do, you think that the other partner is comfortable with it. Because the other partner keeps quiet. So that's why I just say, please, when we are doing Bible counseling, this is your spouse, what is it in him that you don't like? Because I've noticed in marriage, what kills marriage, it's not the good qualities, it's not that thing, I can't take this, I can't take this. So that one, I can't say this, can cancel every good thing. So what is it? The person will say this, that this one, the man is this. I say, okay, what do you think? Is this something you can live with? There is a difference between acceptance and condonement. When you condone, you condone with energy. You force yourself to, you know, you bite your hand and just keep quiet. But when you accept something, when you look at it, you just laugh over it. And people that condone, one day, it's like a tire spring. When the cord snaps, 
there will be like backlog of payments of all that is happening that the person has been like trying to bottle over time. So the same thing with old habits in Christians that have not decreased so that Christ may increase in their life. Besetting sins. So many languages we are used for them. Besetting sins that any time they are looking at you. But most of the time it's only you. Some call it um, uh, secret sins. We know that secret is hidden thing. Maybe you are the only person that knows it. But we forget to know that whatever you are doing, God is saying it. Even in Psalm 80, uh, 98. He said that his countenance will shine on it. That that was your secret sin. Will not be secret again. It's open to God. Nothing is hidden from God. Some call it little forces. And we know that the Bible said, what the Bible said about little foxes, that it eats of the vine. It doesn't eat the grape, which is the fruit. So what does this analogically mean? That it will wound you, but you look as if everything is okay. Because you are the only person, but by then, a lot of damages have been done. There is a particular topic that is really giving me concern in this recent time. And what is that? Pornography. I'm sorry to say it, pornography has come to stay. I had an experience last week, last three weeks. My phone got bad. I don't know. I was downloading all these Biafra things. People like us that were born after the war. Many of us. My father did not fight. He, he rushed over to Niger. So I didn't get enough information. So I have to read. Thank God he's late. He would have been very angry with me. We always have argument. He will ask me, were you there? I said, I was not there. Neither were you. <laughs> so, because of this Biafra iPod stuff, we are getting information. You see one link, you download and read. And reading horrible things that you know that they were not things that were... So there was one I did. After that, my phone went black. I put it on. It showed me some song, but it's not showing. So I have to go. I lost all the information in the phone. So when people call me, I say, please, who is calling? Some people will shout on me. It was me here again. When I'm back on my phone, they will drop. Some are more reasonable. Then a lot... We are doing one thing. Many of them were laughing at me. One was like, ah, some rev, rev. So I was like, there is something wrong with this. Then I asked somebody, what is wrong with virus entering my phone? Somebody said, don't you know it's pornographic movies that has the greatest number of virus? So what does that mean? That they thought I was downloading a pornographic clip. And what does that mean? All these people laughing at me may be directly or indirectly involved in pornography. That's my deduction, though. So when you ask me, I say, sorry, I don't have your number. I was downloading a clip, but it's not pornography. <laughs> some will say, you should not be talking like this. Why shouldn't I? Because some will be there, pass judgment on you, and they'll believe it. You nail your coffin. I didn't know. 
So for them to be like, so that's why I'm going to tell you now that pornography is so bad. And it crosses border. Young people especially. Even adults. And these are things you do. Nobody sees you. But you don't know that this is one of the causes of spiritual pickpockets. Yes. Spiritually, is bringing you down. Spiritually, is bringing you down. And you don't know. And then when you are talking or anything, your doctrine may seem sound. But then, you will not feel its power. Due to secret, hidden sins. And you don't know it is taking you away. Taking your position away in your relationship with God. Yeah, so, some people will say, what that comes out that defiles you? But I agree with that in some context. But I don't in some context. Because I know what, you are what you eat. If you drink 10, 20 bottles, you are a drunkard. If you smoke, yes, you, you are a chain smoker. If you smoke multiple cigarettes. And whoever that is watching all these things, what will you be conjuring? No man of God in this country say masturbation is not sin. And I was like, will you be thinking about Jesus Christ when you are masturbating? Your thought pattern, is it about Jesus Christ? Obviously, there is a flawed turn, um, there is a flawed line of thought. And these are one of the doctrinal error. Um, error. And people are relying on this, sorry, just like the Jezebel, these men of God to just say something without checking their Bible like the burial believers. We have each year expecting to hear from somebody that this thing after all is not wrong. That this thing after all is right. So that within you, you will be justified in doing it. Then how do you go about those things? You are holding fast, not at any space. If you are not born again, you don't have a personal relationship with God. Forget it. This, this admonition, even as he came out during the prayers about that we are not really holding fast, it's for Christians that have had this contact that we are already in sound footing, but they are losing it. It's a time for us to go back. Go back to the old path, the old teaching. The teaching that does not excite our senses and our sensibilities. We have to receive things of God, the kingdom of God as children. And that's where faith comes in. We have to believe it. If you're a Christian, anything outside the Bible, forget it, you are deceiving yourself. In Mark 10, 15, it says the kingdom of heaven is like unto this ones. Because of what? You tell your child, I'm going to do this automatically, please. But I noticed that some parents lie a lot to their children. And along the line, when you say something, they will start doubting you. So don't make promises to children that you don't keep. If you do it too often. So you have to accept what is in the Bible without questioning. You have to be clear about that. If you start rationalizing, you start thinking, this is this, forget it, you are going to miss road. Because I don't see a reason why somebody is 70-something years and you tell him, leave your father and mother where you spend 70-something years and go to another land, not on each other, not Enugu, but I will show you. That means what? Directionless movement. And he packs. 
and started going. And later people are saying, Abraham, faith, am I in this one, blessings. Can we do what Abraham did? No. And then he was wondering. Even when he was wondering, no son, except Eliezer's son. And you tell him that his descendants will be like the star of the... I mean, when you say such things, in rational thinking, it doesn't join. Some of these boys will say he no join at all. There is line, sequence of thought. It's not coherent. When we all follow Christ with seriousness, immediately our target will change. Because of what? You live a life that will only please Him. You live a life that only please Christ. And when you do that, you notice that Christ is increasing in you. And your person will go down. One of the greatest problems of this generation is self. About me. Revolving around me. Everything around me. We emphasize so much on self. And when you do that, you see that yourself is warring with Christ. Because of what you consider yourself first in everything. And not the theory of what will Christ do. What will Christ say in a situation like that. And this leads to self-denial. When yourself dies, you deny self. And then you take up your cross and follow him daily. The Bible didn't say Sundays and Wednesdays, but daily. What does that mean? You have to be in touch with God on a daily basis. That means you have to read your Bible the way you read your messages and text messages. You have to read it daily. And not when it's convenient for you. Or you have something, a prayer topic or something. Bible reading should be a daily habit. There is no day that should pass that you should not search the mind of God. Luke 9, 23-24 was very clear about that. Then there is this power of control. Whatever that controls you, controls your mind. When we were small, they said that it's very, very difficult for a camel to pass through the eye of a new than a rich man. I, at the time, in my small mind, I say, God, I don't want to be rich. But when I know the meaning, I say, God, I want to be rich. <laughs> so, if you are Ako, it's, your, it's where your mind, automatically your Ako becomes your God. And anything that will come in between you and that one, honestly, you will do anything, everything against you to remove it. Our career now is our apple. We are talking about idolatry. Idolatry of this generation is not going to one OG3 and kill something. But idolatry of this time around is our preoccupation. Things that absorb most of our time. Some of us is our work. Some of us is our phone. Some of us is many things. And it's after you started that and that you remember. Sometimes you rush out, you don't pray. When in this chair you say our Lord's prayer and fulfill with yourself and think you are deceiving anybody. You don't know you are deceiving yourself. And then we should have eternity in sight. If you are sensitive and have eternity in sight, Honestly, you cannot make a mistake. If you know 
that you are ambassador here on earth, that you are going back to your home country where you are coming from, that you are ambassador of Christ, then you should know that you are staying here. When I see people buying the whole place, buying, having billions, I was just say, what are these people doing with this money? I think these people need to be assessed psychiatrically. There is a mental problem. Money that you don't need. The only thing that money will do is to destroy your children. It will destroy them when there is so much money. The spirit of hustling dies. You think of how to spend the money. Anybody that has that kind of money, except it's a clean money, and you involve your children in the doings of how you got the money, then... But they cannot involve their children because how they got it is not a way you want your children to go. So you are destroying yourself. When you check people of old that went through all those stress, if you look at their generation, you will marvel. Where I was repairing my car around presidential, I saw one big building bought over by another person and I was like, wow, if this man knows what is happening out behind him, you will cry. Heard that they even went home to sell off their home property before Omo now we are like Alo. And this was something that this man sweated and did some not too wonderful things. He wasn't even alive to enjoy because his life was a life of struggling. And then, I don't know, if somebody is selling his father's house in the village, something is definitely wrong. It's definitely wrong. Because I'm an evil person. You don't even sell an obi. Not to talk of homestead. Not the one you built. The one your father built. So as we hustle, please, let's be looking back. Don't take over your children's life. Please, let them live. Give them the necessary support. But don't take over their life. That's one mistake people are making. When you take over their life, when you are not there, they can't know how to stand. And what do they do? They refer back to the one that is there, starting to people like us that our father didn't leave much for us. Philippians 3.20 made that clear that we are heavenly citizens. 2 Corinthians 5.20 made us to know that we are ambassadors of Christ on this earth, trying to help him to reconcile the world to him. So at each time we should be heavenly minded. Though we should be early sensitive and relevant, but we should know that we are going. Me, I'm making every effort to go to heaven. I don't know about it. It's a personal decision. That's why if I say I'm not perturbed about certain things, I know about what I'm talking about. God doesn't impose things on people. You make your decision. If you want to hold and not holding strongly, holding that any small thing, you lose your grips, it's up to you. I told my younger brother that I said, Lord, I noticed that his ways are somehow. I tell him, my friend, But ironically, he's a Christian. Just that, I'm in doubt. That was what my landlord said. One day I was trying to Lagos and I didn't join in the compound. I said, man, the doctor and Hannah for Balogon and Hannah Guajogu. Now you don't want to go to the society. He said, till I come. 
there are promises for those that overcome. There are promises for those that endure to the end. God does not give you instruction or tell you to do something without a promise attached to it. It's not in the nature of God. So now that we've started this race as Christians, what remains for us is to continue till the end. That's why I say we should hold fast. I don't believe that if you give your life to Christ as a, as a born-again Christian, you become a born-again, that the race is over. It's not true. The devil is not ignorant. When I was just like checking, two things came to my mind. One thing is like, I used to play card a lot. What? Anytime you say last card, honestly, eh, you regret it. They will give you pick two. General market. This one, this one. Because you know that you are almost like getting to the trophy. The same thing with football. When you see somebody every 18, some coach will tell their footballers, if you miss the ball, don't miss the leg. So that's what devil will be doing you. If you see you're on course and you're almost completing that course, devil will be doing you, if you miss the leg, don't miss the ball. So I'm encouraging us that we should hold fast no matter what. No matter what is happening around us. Even if it seems as where is God? Because sometimes if you now ask yourself, God, where are you? Then you are not a Christian. There are some situations you seem to be very far off. There are some situations you ask yourself, what is happening? There are some situations you look around, you see others progressing, but you look at yourself, and they will be having it. There's this English word they use a lot in medicine that I love a lot. Apparently. They will be doing apparently well. (laughs) But in your own little mind, because you are so short-sighted, you don't even see beyond You'll be judging with what you are seeing. But you don't know what most times what you are seeing is just a facade. If you go under, you will shout. So don't envy. The Bible don't envy the progress of sinners. They don't have peace. Many of them, they have motor, have car, do this thing. So they are apparently doing well. Why in the recent, you are the ones doing well? Because you go home, you sleep. No, Wahala, you even sleep. When 6 o'clock is there, you just like the night is too short. When some people, when you are giving them drugs, any other when you marry, is that a life? People that if mosquitoes sound very well, honestly, the night sleep has gone. In recent time, you see all these are big men politicians. There is one that died in a city lorry in the west. He was taking over days of sedity. Many of them are said they don't have peace. They will load themselves. Because a trained doctor cannot give you that dose, they go to quacks who will give you 40 milligrams of diazepam, even if you want to do surgery. We know that the Lord has his promises for us. Even when we are passing through these challenges, he said that he will never leave or forsake us. He will not, no matter what. And when God is our helper, we should not be afraid of what men will do to us. You start losing, you start losing hope when you start thinking of what men will do to you. That means you are placing men ahead of God. It's in Hebrews thirteen five to six. These are promises of God. I want to encourage all of us, and I'm encouraging myself too. I'm a human being like you. So, brethren, laugh. Therefore, let us hold fast the confession of our faith, our hope, 
without hovering, without wavering, without shaking. Because he that promised, he is faithful. He is faithful. But you have to get to the level of believing he that promised, knowing his nature, knowing that no matter what happened, he will not disappoint. And if you've tested God, if you tested God, when you are talking, when you are doing things, you do it with confidence, knowing that what, come what may, nothing will happen. Honestly. As the prophecy came forth this morning, he said that we should hold forth what we have, that we should come back to that narrow path. Narrow path is a path of carefulness. A path that when you are marching, you are choosing your step. A path that when you are going, you are taking cognizance of so many things. It is not very broad. It's not an expressway. It's narrow, but the destination is very sure. So my question this morning is, do you still have faith? Is your service still acceptable to God? Do you still exhibit those fruits of the Spirit? Patience, long-suffering? Even if you do, you just have to ask yourself, how firmly, how fast am I holding on to this? Do I waver sometimes and then drop it and later pick it? This race, am I running it to the end? Do you still have certain sins, sins that only you know it doesn't affect any other person per se? Because you are the only person that knows it. But God is not happy. It's affecting him. That's why he was talking to the church. I'm not adding anybody to you. But that one you have, just hold on to its family. Meaning that it may be taken from you, if you are not careful, that crown of glory. And then, victory, that reward, you may not have it. What do you do when no, nobody is seeing you? You are doing it alone. Nobody is seeing you. You come to the church. I mean, you are the very person. Everything, everybody testifies. But with God, you are not right. That's why the Bible says, not who that call my name. Okay, I don't know you. You were a professor. Even doing things with his name. But then, when it is time for the final reward, you won't get anything. Then how longer are you going to bear for his name's sake? A little storm of life, will it make you to drop? A little challenge? An untoward life event, something that will make you, God, where are you? Will it make you to change your mindset and start asking some questions? So this is time for us to really search ourselves whether we are holding fast enough. But then another class is people that have not even gotten to know Christ. Then Amarokwame Basibido. Because this instruction is basically for those that have already known him, you know, getting to move with him, walk with him to a certain level. But I know that our God that will serve is faithful. And he doesn't want everybody to, anybody to lose out. 
So if you have not known, it is like the laborer, the master that call people, some come in the morning, some join in the afternoon, some join in the night, but they got the same reward. So this is still yet another opportunity for you to say, I want to get conscripted into the soldiers of Christ. I want to be one of them. If anybody tells you it's happily ever after, I don't think if the person is telling you the truth. But I can testify to his faithfulness. Because of what I was there before. I had some challenges. But now, I can tell you, it's the best thing that can ever happen to anybody. Because when you look at things, you know, before you are saying, pyam pyam more, pyam pyam temptation, things that, when you look at it, you get to a certain level, when you look at them, being a Christian doesn't make you to live. It doesn't take away your life. Please, you can wear good clothes, you can wear good shoes, but your life does not depend on those things. Your life is not controlled by those flimsy, flimsy things. You're already operating at a different level. You get to even a level you say, God, I need this. From nowhere, the thing will just materialize. That's what I'm talking about. If what you ask is in tandem with God's will. Because he gives us anything we want that is according to his will. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Bless your name. We'll give you all the honor. We'll give you all the glory for your word, for your teaching. Father, for your injunction this morning that we'll hold fast that which we have till you come. Father, we'll ask that we'll hold firmly to that pure gospel. That will not be found one thing when you come. That when the trumpet sound, that will be among the number. Father, on our own we can do nothing. But may we be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And may we be constantly located where your grace will get to us. Father, Lord, be thou with us as we continue this race even till the end. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus.